Hello, and welcome to Gaming Broadcast, the official podcast of GamingBroadly.com. I'm your host, Jamie Dale, the main broad over at GamingBroadly.com, and today I'm being joined by Nora Green. Uh, Nora Green is coming to join me as part of my series where basically I talk about video games with people who don't play video games, and Nora Green is special in the fact that she does not really play games, but she does spectate a heck ton of them. Additionally, she's also <laughs> special because she lives in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I would say in my basement, but I live in Texas, so we don't have those. No basement for me. No, just a shattered foundation of every house. Listen, <laughs> we got a repair. We have a lifetime warranty, okay? Um, for those of you who don't know, Nora is my roommate. Um for for quite a while collectively i think two years i mean you keep foolishly agreeing to live with me it's <laughs> really wonderful i just really <laughs> love doing dishes it's just <laughs> it's just my favorite Excellent. thing um this episode will probably be filled with subtle passive aggressive remarks about cleanliness and birds as it should be <laughs> Um, it's true. So I know, right? It's great. But seriously, Nora Green is wonderful. I've, I've watched many a video game with her and she's opened my eyes to the joys of spectating, which is a thing that I've not ever done with video games. So I'm really excited to uh, trap her in a conversation with me for about an hour to ask her about the zaniness that is watching video games when you don't play them, which is I like zany. That's a good description of it. <laughs> it is. It's quite zany. It's like your personality. Exactly. Uh, for those of you who want to know, uh, Nora Green is also into British baking shows and sleeping. So if you're into any of those, you should hit her up on the internet, which will provide some links down in the bottom about how to do that. But like, don't be a jerk about it. Don't creep, yeah. <laughs> no creeping. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to go right out of the gate, which is what I did with Bailey, um, which Bailey, for those of you who don't know, she was my guest on the last episode and she came to talk about, uh, the reason that she doesn't identify as a gamer being the intense amount of anxiety she gets while playing games. But we started right out of the gate asking about like, what's your history? Like where, when did gaming become a part of, and by that, I mean like playing games become a part of Nora Green's life. Let's see. My mom was not really down for video games at all. So there weren't ever really video games or like consoles in my house. Um, and I just didn't really have the, I don't know, motivation to go out and get them on my own for a computer. Although I did have my own computer pretty much my whole life. Um, oh, that's so I did fancy. Play I know. I feel like I'm the first generation to have really had that experience of, like, I just, as far back as I can remember, always had my own computer. Do you remember what brand um, it was? This is a purely... I So I've always had Apple. Um, oh, super fans. I had them... Yeah, I had it back when it was, like, the tan box. And that was actually my first game experience, I guess. I had um, two, like you know, on a CD-ROM sort of point-and-click adventure-type games. 
that I really remember. Uh, I don't remember the name of one of them, but the other one was called Ruff's Bone. And it's this, <laughs> that is, I know, it's this that is dog a zany that like, name. loses his bone. <laughs> right? And so he loses this bone and travels through all of these like crazy environments to get it and you can click on just absolutely everything in each picture and it all does wacky crazy things and uh in general i just really liked that game and i was very young but i always had like i would play it over and over even though i kind of knew most of it because there was just so much stuff in it to touch but i would always yeah like i would always forget oh yeah like that thing makes that crazy animation and noise um, oh man i want to play this a... game i'm gonna go find it it was pretty great i <laughs> i enjoyed it a lot i got a little older and started going a little more towards stuff uh i guess i got the the first iMac, the teal, like, blob iMac. Oh, that sounds beautiful. Uh, think different, etc. Um, so I had one at home, and my school also bought them, because at the time, Apple had, like, very lucrative, uh, like, school purchase deals. Um, so, and then in my... My computer class, it was probably fifth or sixth grade at this point. We actually just played a lot of games in it. I don't really recall us learning very much. <laughs> like, um, so we played like Simant uh, and SimCity. Oh, yeah. SimCity. Uh, that's fun. SimAnt. Yeah. Did you like Ant, like the bug? Yeah. What is that? Uh, it's like... Yeah, you were, like, I think the black ants, and you were, like, fighting the red ants. Um, and, of course, I was absolutely awful, where I would just use all the cheats so that I could be the spider and have laser eyes. <laughs> and <laughs> just <laughs> go around destroying everything. This is clearly very good um, biology education <laughs> for young children. Very accurate. Um, I know, I personally love the spiders with laser eyes in my house. Um, I mean, JB's like, take it outside. It's burning the walls. And I'm like, no, it's so cute. It'll destroy really the ants for us. <laughs> exactly. It'll cease their uh, endless war. <laughs> oh, and I guess before that, um, probably around third or fourth grade in school, we did have uh, Oregon Trail oh, as well. Yes, that was a classic. So, yeah, so I was definitely one of those kids that. Uh, basically just use the hunting mini game all the time i would just hunt like an obscene amount and you can only carry back what is it like 50 pounds or something so it's like congratulations you shot like 600 pounds of meat you could bring back 50 pounds i'm like great perfect you're the reason that buffaloes don't really exist in the plains anymore i know i i was literally just like real humans like i just went through slaughtering everything i saw you you were you were that person on the train just uh exactly just shooting out the window um this is funny because now i know you to be like an intense animal lover so i'm like very humored that your childhood was mostly spent destroying digital animals no, i like I was, a, I was an animal lover even then, but if you give me the chance to do it on the computer, I'm just absolutely aggressive. If you give me um, the chance to destroy something with laser eyes. Right? I mean, 
to be fair, if I had laser eyes in real life, I probably would hunt people down. <laughs> like, like my boss would be like, this wasn't good enough. And I'd be like, laser eyes. <laughs> so, you know, it's probably for the best like, that I don't have them. It's true. I feel like I would probably be the recipient of many additional holes just by virtue of like proximity. Like, yeah, it's true. not even true rage. Just like. No, just like I'm annoyed. Yeah. I've just woken up and I'm grumpy. Laser eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, no good. So that was like third and fourth grade is is killing animals. Um uh, yeah, like up through up through sixth grade or so. Uh and then then I really didn't I guess I, I started really being on the internet more. Um and spending less time on gaming myself. But at that point, I also had a friend who did have consoles at her house. She had the Nintendo consoles. Um, so I played at her house some Mario Kart. And that was when I got my first taste of Animal Crossing mm. on, I think, the GameCube. Uh, and that was... Yeah, very enjoyable, which I – it's weird that we would play Animal Crossing given that it's not – or at least it wasn't really a co-playable game at that point. Yeah, I mean, did it – was it one of those things that you would take turns with the controller or, like, would you control it and they would watch or – Yeah, it was um, – to some extent we would take turns, but also, like, sometimes I would just watch her play, which, you know, obviously I'm – I'm big on watching, so. Uh, ooh, that sounds creepy. I know. Um, the, uh, the gamer creep should be here. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so then I didn't really have a system of my own until I was, I think, a senior in high school um, when I got the Wii. Um, oh, I should say I did have a Game Boy Color as a kid, um, I inherited my brother's, like, what was it called? Ice crystal purple. I feel like um, everyone had that one. one. Yeah, I had that one too. Yeah, exactly. Was that, like, the one that everyone had? It must yeah, have been on much. sale. Yeah, it was, like, the first color that came out, I think, and then was, like, on sale after the other colors came out, something like that. So I played um, a little bit of Super Mario uh, a lot of Pokemon. I played, uh, I think I had blue as a kid and my brother had red. Oh yeah. That was pretty, I think I had red and my sister had blue. Was your brother a big, would you, would he describe himself as a gamer as a child? Oh yeah, for sure. He definitely was a lot more so than me. Um, and to some extent that's what really started me watching games. Um, and then as far as my own games, I eventually, in college, started playing some computer games. I had friends that played Team Fortress 2, and I really enjoyed, uh, I guess, playing with them. But I did play on a private server that was limited to the members of a certain gaming forum. So it was a pretty tight community because it wasn't a huge website. And I got, I guess, a different experience with that than I would have playing just with the general public. 
And I think that made it a lot more enjoyable for me that I could be basically talking with friends while playing and people would like give me instructions. So even though I wasn't necessarily that great at it, having never before this used like mouse and keyboard to move and look separately. Yeah. And uh, that's an intense learning curve. Yeah. It was steep, especially (laughs) when you're already like 18 years old. Um, So, you know, I was pretty terrible. I always played pyro for the most part, a little bit of medic. Uh, which are ones that don't heavily require aiming. Once I got the Wii, I played, I guess, more Mario Kart and uh, more Animal Crossing. And then a friend got me a, oh, what is it? The 3DS Game Boy. Uh, So then I just played an atrocious amount of Animal Crossing, especially I was working a pretty stressful job at the time and I would literally hide in the bathroom and play Animal Crossing for 15 minutes so that I would feel better about my life which is a little sad (laughs) that's both adorable did you do it while crying yes multiple times my heart Um, my heart (laughs) and I did also play uh like I said amnesia and I played on the 3ds i think it's luigi's haunted mansion is the name you're basically just running around and solving little puzzles and sucking up ghosts um that one was recommended to me by the person that got me the 3ds and he was like you better play this because you would like it and i was like all right did you like it I did like it. I mean, I did you play crime this recommendation. in a bathroom, though? <laughs> I didn't. That one is a little... You have to be paying a little more attention. <laughs> Animal Crossing is like, hold on, I'm just going to be mayor of this town full of weird animal people for a while <laughs> and pick some fruit, like, bury some things, just bury my feelings, <laughs> you know. You do what you gotta do. Bury this body. Yeah, exactly. Nobody in Animal Crossing. Okay, let me be clear here. Animal Crossing is a super weird game. Like, you're the only human person and everyone else is animal people and no one ever says anything about it or, like, why that exists or even points out that, like, hey, like, what's up with your weird human self? (laughs) And in the 3DS one, you are the mayor. Like, in previous ones, there are like animal mayors and you're just a citizen whatever but in the 3ds one you move into the town and they mistake you for mayor and i guess the person that's actually mayor like decides not to show up or something and like sends you a piece of mail later that's like haha didn't show up like have fun being mayor and it's just so weird it's like no one questions that you're this this like human that rolls in and is like yeah sure i can mayor (laughs) and like yeah Yeah, exactly i wonder if it was like like, some divine punishment like being mayor of animal crossing was actually a punishment that someone was like having to do and they like escaped it like this i mean banal responsibility of wandering around like managing this weird town that can only have like nine total villagers other than you or something and it's yeah it's fairly ridiculous game but very soothing i find it is everyone's always nice to you even if you don't talk to them for 
like months or years at a time. And even if you say mean things about their outfit, they're usually like, oh, I guess you're right. I really yeah. should try blue and or something like that. Like you can send them mail full of cuss words and then they're like, thanks for the mail. I really appreciated it. And like sent you back a present. And you're like, well, I wish real life was this easy. <laughs> and I was going to say, is this you projecting your desires onto that you could be the weird person out of place and no one mentions it and they thank you for your obvious like social inappropriateness? Um, yes, that is exactly what I wish would. I want to be the mayor, Jamie. You can be mayor of our house. It's fine. It's, you can bury stuff in it our It is back. full of weird animals. It is full of many weird animals. And you could bury stuff in the yard pretty easily. True. Uh, including digging stuff up. So that's really interesting. So I'm going to go back to, I know you personally, so I know you don't identify as a gamer, but I'm going to point out that you've actually played... A lot of games, and many of them are, are pretty big names. Like, I would say that while there's not currently a canon of video games, if there was a canon, many of these would be on it. Like Animal Crossing, Team Fortress, yeah. Oregon Trail, yeah. 100%. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oregon Trail is a classic. <laughs> SimCity. I don't really know about this Ref's Bone thing, but I'm into it, so I feel like it could be. So I guess... It's a- that was more of a statement. My question is more, even though you've played all these games, is there a reason that the identity of gamer is one that you are like, eh, no thanks? Well, I've watched a lot, a lot more games than I've ever played. Um, probably, probably like exponentially more. Um, I think you've watched prefer... more games than I've ever played. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Um, I just, I prefer to watch in most cases rather than play. Um, the ones that I have played, it's, it's kind of a special situation. Like ones that I've put a lot of time into, especially as an adult are pretty much just Team Fortress 2 and Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing, you know, it's portable, it's stress relief. It's not gamey as such because there's no real objective. There's no competition. It's just puttering around this town like a retired person. Um, (laughs) And then TF2, I had like a community around me and it was, it was sort of a group activity, I guess. And I was pretty close with the people that I played with, even though I didn't really know them in real life. Um, Yeah, it was, I guess, a different situation than most other games that I've experienced. That's super interesting. So you're, I'm hearing, you can tell me if I'm wrong, that your definition of game is a lot about competition and about the desire to play alone versus just like playing as part of a community. Yeah, I feel like people, I feel like for the most part to play games, you have to want to win and you know conquer the things get the objectives get the achievements and for me I I don't really have a strong competitive drive for the most part especially not with this sounds terrible but with things that I'm not good at (laughs) I don't really enjoy competing and getting beaten down 
for hours on end. That's not really fun. Um, and, you know, with TF2, it's like, yeah, I'm a bad player, but everybody on my team is friends. So, like, everybody's really nice to me and, like, everything's really chill. Nobody gets mad at me for being bad. And, like, I don't make the team lose because of how bad I am. You know, it's just... It's fun. Yeah, it was fun because, like, there were no social repercussions for not being good at something. Yeah, exactly. Which is pretty rare in America. <laughs> we, we really like to punish people who are not very good at things. Mm-hmm. I'm actually making a segue that makes no sense, but I'm going to go for it. Greatest of all time. Oh, well, yeah, so watching video games. You mentioned that you watch exponentially more video games than you play and i was i sure do <laughs> is that all like in person or online or how do you how is watching developed as a, a leisure activity for you well i guess it started um my brother would play video games um on his computer again because my mom didn't allow consoles in the house for whatever reason and um i would sneak into his room he's four years older than me so like you know he was definitely cooler than me (laughs) and all that uh and so i would sneak in his room and sit behind him uh on his bed or whatever and watch him play video games and i was you know his four year younger sister so he was not that psyched about having me there so the deal was as long as i didn't say anything or like make him notice that I was there in a significant way he would let me like sit there and watch and I would I would literally just sit there for hours and watch him play um Quake 3 Arena Unreal Tournament Diablo 2 Starcraft 2 Warcraft 2 um all these I guess classics and so I watched so much of them and like knew them intimately So, like, when people talked about them, I could talk about them, but I hadn't ever actually played any of these myself. (laughs) Oh, I love it. So it's kind of like a, um, I'm trying, what's the word I'm looking for? Imposter syndrome with gaming. Yeah, exactly. You were always waiting for the moment when they figured out you had never played it. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And, like, people sometimes wouldn't realize that. I hadn't played it because they'd be like, oh, yeah, this one map. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that map. Like, what about, like, that thing? And it it just didn't really come up that I was not the person controlling any of these characters. Um, yeah. I think it took me, like, months to play... realize that every time I was playing a game and you could tell me what to do or what a character was that it wasn't based on playing experience yeah exactly like i remember we like, were playing bioshock like, oh, yeah check in that corner yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair you always check in the corner but i i, I remember you yes. ruined bioshock infinite for kyle <laughs> sorry you had... my bad or no it wasn't bioshock infinite it was you were telling me about bioshock and i hadn't played bioshock at the time i had just been playing bioshock infinite with kyle and he was so mad that you were telling me like the whole history <laughs> and narrative arc of bioshock <laughs> And, like, it took me forever to realize that it was because you had just obsessively read the Wikipedia pages. Yeah, (laughs) so that was also something I got into because, you know, especially when I was watching other people play, um, which I did for a long time before anything 
online existed where you could really do that. So, you know, I would watch my brother play whatever, and I would be like, oh, what was that thing that happened? And, you know, sometimes I would ask him, but he, again, was kind of like, uh, don't, don't question me, uncool younger sister. <laughs> um, and so I would look stuff up and just read all about this stuff because it was interesting. And as an adult, um, you know, I would watch some of my friends playing TF2 and I would, I would watch like my brother at some point got an old PlayStation and played through some of the old Final Fantasy games at the house. Like when I was in high school, he was in college kind of thing. Um, so then I, I was like infernally curious about all of these details and I got pretty used to like, oh, I'm just going to look up everything about this and I'm a pretty quick reader and the plot stuff always interests me a lot so it was like all of a sudden I had way more information about these than anyone should ever have without actually playing them you know in a weird way you kind of turn these video games into like a point and click adventure because the internet is basically a point and click adventure in terms of narrative so you you turn final fantasy into into rough's bone by like yeah, cooking basically. on every single thing you could find to like discover all the zany things. Yeah, and with my brother, um, you know, eventually we got to the point where, you know, we were cooler with each other. Uh, we weren't teenagers all moody anymore, <laughs> and so I would be like, "That's a lie." You are still like, moody. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm still an asshole, but um, <laughs> I would be like, "Hey." Like, I want to see that thing again or like, hey, what does that do? Um, And so I really got to the point where I could sort of backseat game in a way. And then once I once I graduated college and moved out here to Austin, uh, I became friends with Dan, who is, you know, your stereotypical mega nerd. And he's real good at games. Like he's the mega evolution. Yeah, of, he, oh, he totally nerd is. Man. <laughs> um, and so I would, I literally just make him play games for me, and I backseat game the whole time. Uh, we've done all of like Dead Space um, games, all of the the Nathan Drake uh, Uncharted mm. games, and you know he'll be like playing through it, and I'll be like, wait, go back and check that thing out. So he goes back and like looks at it for me so I can peer around (laughs) you know like I'm literally like directing him to do certain things Um, did you ever watch me play um Tomb Raider I watched a little bit I'm just imagining you telling me to like rotate the objects like fully yeah no I can do the thing Uncharted has objects that you like pick up as little trophies and they're they're always sort of like neat little art history type objects and I'm always like, oh, like, rotate it the other way. Dan's like, I don't care about any of this junk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that does – I'm thinking that that style of the backseat gaming actually would require very – I mean, everyone is specific and nuanced, but it would require someone who is comfortable with having a backseat gamer. I'm thinking of all the people who are not yeah. comfortable with backseat drivers. Like, No, and it's for sure, like, you're like, I know tons of guys that are bad at games, but – like, all of the guys that I've known have been really good at gaming, and I don't know if it's just that I, like, those are the only guys that I really have engaged with 
with the gaming stuff because they let me backseat drive to some extent or they let me at the very least like question them while they're playing and be like oh what does that do what are you doing now um and i think to do that you have to be pretty confident in how you play and what you're doing so generally you're going to be on the the higher end of gamers yeah i mean you have to feel like someone questioning what something is isn't them questioning your ability which sounds very cheesy because we're talking about games but i actually think is a much larger like yeah for human emotional thing like in order for you to feel okay with someone asking you questions you have to feel like you're not going to be like ousted (laughs) as a i gotta do stuff myself (laughs) at least once or twice before i'm okay with other people asking me about it you know (laughs) otherwise they find out that everything i do is just google food (laughs) you're undoing everything (laughs) yeah i mean i think one of my favorite quotes from you and you have a couple but my favorite one from you ever is failure is not a leisure activity um i mean it's not like why would i play these games when I know that I can't, like, aim, I can't move, I'm not as good at, like, any of the jumping stuff, uh, like, I'm not good at that. And Uncharted, for example, is fun because you're, like, running around these crazy landscapes and, like, jumping and, like, shooting people. And, like, I find that very satisfying, but I'm not good at it. And it's not enjoyable to me to have to replay the same scene 67 times in a row because I can't shoot three dudes at the head in a timely fashion. Yeah. So like, why would I not just have someone else do the manual activity for me and I get the reward? Which is uh, the narrative continuing. That seamless movie action. And I mean, also just the satisfaction because I I watched Dan play uh, Counter-Strike a lot too and I get the reward of, like, seeing these team dynamics and strategies and the satisfaction of, like, really good kills (laughs) and, like, crazy stuff going down. And it's not on me and I don't get stressed out because I'm, like, letting my team down or whatever. Man, that's so interesting. So do you think that you feel similarly, um, like, victorious or, like, you're part of the game when you're watching as when you are playing your own games yeah pretty much especially if it's a situation where i'm i'm backseat gaming you know not just not just spectating necessarily but like i know the person playing and like in some ways i'm like personally invested in it Hmm, that's so interesting i would say that um i've watched a ton of counter-strike videos with you so backstory is nora has introduced me to the world of counter-strike competitions which for all of you who know me or don't know me i'm not a first person shooter person i think i you're not angry enough. i'm not i'm not angry enough i'm also not like super invested in the high energy play that most first person shooters require they also require usually yeah. friends which i do have friends but i don't <laughs> Just you have me. <laughs> Little cross that line. It's cool. Um, we have each other. You know, but you don't. You don't play. But um, so I'm not. I'm not really big into to first person shooters, and it, definitely not like war games. Like I'm the type of person that often refuses to play board games if like I feel they're too like colonial. Like if 
and killing natives to mine their resources it makes me uncomfortable so it's very similar with like war games where you're like fighting nameless terrorists who are suspiciously yeah. racialized but i found that yeah. watching counter-strike competitions with you is probably one of the more enjoyable like thing i've ever done with you i think it's you know at some point once you reach this professional level where i mean literally they are professional gamers they make their living by playing counter-strike um you know and it's these incredibly talented players and they're to me counter-strike is especially good because it's such a team oriented game so you're calling strategies and like you're seeing people react like as a team and function as a unit or not function as a unit uh disastrously (laughs) um but it's it's a lot more interesting and it becomes less about the like shooting foreign citizens type thing and more about like strategies and teamwork as well as you know having good aim and reflexes which is always very impressive skill yeah i definitely realized the narrative was completely stripped down and gone um at these competitions there's basically nothing there i I think they found that with world of warcraft too where they found that like really Mm -hmm. intense gamers actually go for like worse graphics (laughs) like they toned down everything so everything's like fuzzy because they're actually not invested in um in the narrative of the world they're invested in that like team building that like reflex that i mean very sports-like type mentality of like raw skill yeah it really is and i mean even with solo stuff um i've watched a decent amount of professional starcraft where obviously that's for the most part one-on-one and it's very very strategy heavy um and apart from being able to click on things and process information really fast it's not super like hand eye type skill um it's almost like it's almost like chess in a weird way because like you just have these two opponents going at each other with all of this strategy and all of these different options and you're watching it play out the way they react to each other um and yeah that's really interesting to me and it's fun to watch and it doesn't really matter like oh it's like aliens fighting each other i don't know i do know the backstory of starcraft (laughs) but only because i'm interested in that kind of thing for the most part like you don't need to know anything about the the backstory of counter-strike uh yes um the campaign is pretty short but it's basically i mean it's basically what you expect it's (laughs) it's like your person on an anti-terrorist or terrorist team fighting the other side in various situations um not a lot to it i guess the other thing about counter-strike too is i guess i'm reminded of this while i'm thinking about story is that it actually probably part of the reason that it doesn't have much of a story at all is that it was originally a modification for half-life um so it was like created as like its own separate sort of like mod mini game in the half-life engine and the half-life game 
and Half-Life was, um, it was another first-person shooter. It was very sci-fi, right? Like, dystopian type. Yeah, and more, more about, like, that one had more of a story. It wasn't, to be clear, it was not related to, like, terrorists or any team anything. It was... It's about uh, crabs eating your face. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you beat them off with a crowbar. Fuck those crabs. <laughs> no one wants crabs eating your brain. Nobody. Hell no. Um, do you watch mostly... Because I've, I've seen you watch some some video games on YouTube before, um, and I've seen you watch them on Twitch. Do you have a preference for watching them on YouTube or Twitch? Well, I mostly watch, um, at least as far as Counter-Strike, uh, I mostly watch professionals. So in that case, a lot of times you don't have a choice. It's wherever it's getting broadcasted, basically which for the most part is on Twitch. And I do like Twitch. Um, sometimes there's stuff on YouTube. I don't love their live broadcasting. It's it's not bad by any means, but I'm more comfortable with Twitch, I think. Um, How would you describe Twitch? Because it's a relatively new. I realized recently that it's only like a few years old. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a baby. It's an interesting one. It's um, basically it allows people to stream content, mostly gaming, but it's opened up a lot in in the recent past. Um, and it allows you to stream live what you're doing and have a live comment section. And you also it does store like some back history although if you want to save specific stuff you need to actually save it because if you don't save it your backlog will eventually disappear because i imagine they don't want to pay for that much server space if they don't have to <laughs> very true for for streaming do you mean is it usually recording the screen or is it recording like is the camera like behind a player with like the TV in the room I mean, or is there a common That can really vary. Uh there's definitely um I guess individual streamers, which is most of Twitch, tend to display their screen showing the game they're playing. Um and then also frequently have like a little a little box of their face reacting or doing whatever it's doing um <laughs> somewhere in like a lower corner and that's that's the common setup as far as the stuff i watch it tends to be a little bit more professional because it is you know professional tournaments so there's commentators and like the feed switches from following players in game to like certain views of the players looking at the player and not their screen or you know back to the commentators or what have you. I'm imagining it actually a lot like have you ever watched poker championships? I realize yeah, it's, not, it's much faster it's not paced. Different from but... something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so interesting. Do you for these more professional ones like what do you win <laughs> if you win the championship? Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I, I realized today so, that I had no idea. Like, I didn't know if it was one of those, like, the honor of victory, but it makes no sense that these people <laughs> would be... Many of them are, like, sponsored by, like, huge name companies, right? 
Yeah. Uh, usually the teams have sponsors of various types and, you know, they do have literal jerseys with their literal sponsors on them. So it's very sports team. Um, the team that I'm kind of, I guess, a fan of in particular is Cloud9. Uh, they're a North American-based team, which in Counter-Strike, the dominant teams are mostly uh, kind of Nordic countries. So, like, Netherlands, uh, Finland, Austria, that kind of deal. That's so interesting. And that's a lot um, different than, like, StarCraft or League of Legends, which tends to be more Asia, right? Yeah, super heavily dominated by Koreans um, in both of those. Uh, Overwatch is the same. It tends to be really heavily Asian-dominated. So, yeah, I I follow this team significantly, and they have sponsors like Logitech, HTC, like a lot of sort of techie companies. Um, Interestingly, tournaments are also usually sponsored, and you get a lot of the stuff that's like, you know, gaming gear and like, high quality keyboards and monitors and that stuff but you also get some some fun ones uh arby's <laughs> is particularly well known as a sponsor in the csgo scene which is weird but uh at tournaments where arby's is a sponsor uh people will literally have like arby's chance because i think especially for a long time it was hard to get sponsors and get recognition that like hey this is a legit thing and people want to watch this and it's not maybe a traditional sport but it's some variety of sport like activity and it needs sponsors so to have like major companies pop in especially in the early years uh they got a lot of support essentially from the fans (laughs) do you remember any of the arby's chants i'm i'm totally curious now Oh, gosh, I don't know. Uh, you know, some of them are just real simple. Like, uh, we love Arby's. <laughs> or like, let's go Arby's. Dun, dun, you know? da, da, da. That whole thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, pretty great, oh, man. I would say. Now I really want those curly fries. Right. They're pretty good. Sponsorship works, <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I know. I always see the more stereotypical one, which is like the Alienware, which... Um, for people who don't know, is pretty known for their gaming computers and accessories. Peripherals. Like mice and fancy keyboards that light up in crazy colors. Um, And I've also seen, like, the Red Bull ones. Some of them are, like, very stereotypical, I feel like. Like, I'm... Yeah, Monster. Yeah. mm -hmm. Monster is a frequent sponsor. Has Doritos been a sponsor? Uh, I don't think I've seen Doritos, but it wouldn't shock me at all. Taco Bell, you know, that kind of deal. Yeah. I'm really waiting for that day when we get, like, a strange one, like Nordstrom. (laughs) Oh, right. Do you ever watch more – it's a two-parter question. One is do you ever watch more traditional sports, Um, not eSports, which eSports is electronic sports for those who do not know. Um, Or do you ever watch – like sports video games yeah so i don't i really don't watch sports in general uh i've always liked watching the olympics um maybe just because it's a very i don't know there's a lot of different sports there a lot of sort of like 
stuff that you wouldn't normally see and stuff that's just incredibly impressive physically speaking i mean it, it basically looks um, like a fantasy video game like 90 yeah, percent exactly. of the time it's like can you believe anyone can physically do these <laughs> things um conventional sports not really i watched some of the world cup uh a few times like when i when i was in an office where a lot of people were really into soccer we just had the world cup up and running that was definitely interesting but not enough to keep me watching after i left or anything um when i was in college i did attend a decent number of football games in person but again it was kind of an atmosphere thing like i I really don't feel the urge to go to any football games down here for, I mean, my city, obviously, we don't even have a football team. <laughs> Although, I think you can be into the Dallas Stars, or is that a hockey team? Are you team? talking about Austin anyway, doesn't clearly. have a football team? We yeah. have the, the Longhorns. They're, they're... Well, yeah, but that's a college, <laughs> not a city. And I didn't go to the college. So fancy. Like, I would say they're they're pretty famous though. But yeah, I see what you mean. There's not like a what's it? It's, There's not an Austin yeah. team. I forget the levels There's just because I don't know anything about sports. Team. But that's interesting. Collegiate so, versus professional. I yeah. Think. So you're much more interested in like esports than and esports yeah, that sure. aren't based off of sports. <laughs> yeah. The only time I watch like sports video games is hilarious glitching things for the most part. Oh, that's so funny. Um, a lot of them get produced every year, you know, so they're really, like, pumping this stuff out so it doesn't get super well bug tested. <laughs> um, and it has a lot of, like, people moving in ways that aren't super standard. Uh, so you end up with a lot of really comical glitches, like people's arms going through their heads in creative ways. I mean, we were speaking about fantastical bodily feats. <laughs> exactly <laughs> i want to see that olympics but what do you think it is about the esports that that makes it so enjoyable for you versus maybe other other forms of sporting i think you do get to see a lot more of the first off things are a lot more variable because it's not real life. There are a lot of things that you can do in the games that you that no one will ever do in real life. There's a certain limit to real life sports because no one is ever going to be able to perform crazy miracles. And things change in the games. Like things get rebalanced all the time and like the strategy that worked really well might not work as well anymore. And there's a lot more ways to go about things i guess a lot more metagame um and i enjoy that yeah i will say watching counter-strike with you was a very informative <laughs> experience there's there's like a whole world that i don't know about even the idea of rebalancing i think i knew conceptually what that was but i've only recently started to realize that it's like a like, sometimes weapons or certain moves are, like, overpowered or underpowered, so it makes it so the game isn't fair. And so I think it's really interesting that I've learned that electronic sports and esports specifically spend a lot of time on trying to make their game fair, which I think is interesting. Yeah. And it's a lot more, I guess, variable. Like, 
you know, the rules for basketball are the rules for basketball. Things don't get significantly changed. It's like, it's basically just like, do we want to allow video replays or not? Huge uproar. <laughs> Whereas esports, it's like every time the game updates, which is pretty frequently, you know, like every month or two minimum, uh, it's like, oh, well, now the shotgun doesn't go as far as it used to. So, like, people that you think you can hit, suddenly you can't hit. Um, so the players have to be a lot more flexible and a lot more in tune with the game. And strategies change a lot based on those minor adjustments. Yeah, I wonder if it's even just, like, sports, like, in real life, the consistent factor that makes it fair is that the laws of nature and gravity remain fairly consistent. <laughs> Like across yeah, time exactly. versus like in games. It's pretty boring because like you're going to see the same strategies for the most part because you have the same rules and the same like physical limitations. And I don't know. It's just there's only so many exciting moments you're going to get in a regular sports game versus an esports game. Yeah. I mean, some of the stuff they do. I mean, it is it's not physically possible like in real life. But I don't know. It's like a very yeah, interesting. Sure you uh... can't stack three people on top of each other <laughs> to like see over a building and snipe somebody in real life. I mean, and, if you're in the circus, I mean, I'm no professional, if but you're in the circus, <laughs> you never know. I mean, I've seen some things. The Olympics are coming up, so we can right. We can add people stacking. Professional people stacking. <laughs> I did actually watch. Um, one of the like ESPN 57 channels, you know, uh, had a super varsity cheerleaders uh, competition on it at one point that I watched. And I was so about that. I would watch a cheerleading competition again because it was super dope. We're learning that Nora is just very interested in people stacking. So really exactly. all cheerleading competitions need to get your attention is like a sniping challenge. Oh man. If there was somebody like paintball sniping cheerleaders trying to like knock the flyers out of the air, <laughs> I would be so there. <laughs> so there. Oh, that's so bad. Oh, yeah, right. My heart is so sad. I'm just imagining like a tumbling, <laughs> toppling collection of enthusiastic so bodies they would crumble <laughs> so enthusiastically so i guess i and i think i was a little not judgmental but like a little confused by some of the watching tendencies and i know since people have responded that they think it's super weird to me that i've watched counter-strike competitions just because it's not a game i play it's not a thing that people normally do. I would say it's gaining in popularity watching video games, but it's still not, like... It's still very subculture versus, like, mainstream culture. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know... What kind of responses do you get to saying that you you watch a lot of oh, games? Oh, gosh. I mean, it's not really something I, I tend to bring. <laughs> um, it's not on your Tinder I mean, profile. I, it's not my Tinder profile. <laughs> It's one of those things where I'm probably not going to mention it unless somebody specifically is, like, interested in video gaming. Um, 
and even then I get I get some sort of confused they're like oh well you know like what games do you play you know guys will be like oh you're into video games what games do you play and I'm like I don't but I do watch a lot of games <laughs> and they're like wait what and it's it's sort of this I guess difficulty with the idea that I'm perfectly fine just watching and like no I really don't want to play myself and I think that's that's strange like most of the people I've spoken to are like yeah I watch a lot of games but it's like I'm watching the games that I play and like seeing what really good people are doing that I could you know try to get better by doing and that kind of stuff and I'm like nah I just I just want to watch people play (laughs) I just want to see those stacks exactly (laughs) oh that's so amazing I'm so excited now to go watch some Counter-Strike videos and hear your awesome explanation of what the heck is going on yeah it's and I mean, the other thing is that the commentators for Counter-Strike in particular are really good um, at explaining what's going on and like what strategies are being used, especially because you can't hear what the teams are saying to each other. It's a really different experience being able to hear what people are saying to each other on a team. So when I'm watching Dan play... I'm hearing all the team communications and what's going into the decisions that are being made and the things people are doing. And then professional Counter-Strike, I'm hearing the commentators basically take that role and like speculate about what's happening and why people are doing what they're doing. Um, I think if I watched it without any commentators, I probably would not enjoy it as much. It's probably true. I mean, I don't think I would enjoy watching Counter-Strike videos if you were not there to narrate also. Like, that. Yeah. like I don't think I would watch There's it on of... my own. Like, it would have to be a thing where I would come in. Yeah. Like, I'm watching you watch video games. It's very meta at this point, but that's literally what's... <laughs> what's Super meta. I, I think there's something about watching people do something they're passionate about that... And whether that be playing the game or watching the game or knowing a crap ton about the game. Because I would say you're one of the best narrators that I've experienced. And I've now watched much less than you, but a significant amount. I think I've watched a whole competition to the very bloody end. Me too. Sit with me. I'm like, yeah, this team going to the quarterfinals is like this, this, and this. And you're like, how do you know all of this? (laughs) I'm like, uh, don't mind me. It was. I think you often undersell your knowledge as being not very significant, but I, I'm i often very blown away by how much you know about the intricacies of a game, and not just the narrative, but also the strategies people are using and why they would choose one thing or another. Your assessment over why a team lost, your assessment over team dynamics, you often are quick to make fun of showboats, which I think is is quite funny that you're very in tune with like a good team as you mentioned earlier is not up to one person and a bad team is not the result of one person either and i i I think your understanding of that is really 
quite impressive. And on those compliments... I think Counter-Strike is one of those ones that, like, really weeds out the, like, the teams where they're all just being carried by one really good player. Like, to win as a team, you really have to work with each other. And that makes it interesting. It does. And you're very interesting. And on that note, I'm gonna I'm gonna take us out of here. Do you have any parting words for my dear loving listeners? Mm. Playing video games is for losers. <laughs> That'll be my watch all of your video games instead. <laughs> That'll be my, my official tagline. I need to start a shop. Um and I think I want a shop that says playing video, like a t-shirt that says playing video games is for losers. And it just be completely legit. <laughs> I have a sweatshirt that just says video games in big letters across the front. So I'm like. See, but we need to get that aggressive, aggressive uh, sniping, emotional sniping. Yes. It's a key part. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and spending some time with me. Uh, I, I realize we spend a lot of time together, but... Yeah, you can't stop me from spending time It's with true, you. but this is... I will come into your room and enjoy your presence. Thank you. I'm quite enjoyable. But I feel like this one is like a recorded thing, so it's like extra special that you allowed me to record your opinions and insight and i'm actually super excited to hear what people have to say about times where they've preferred to watch versus play which reminds me if you're interested in talking to me you can leave a comment or a review on itunes gaming broadcast is on any place podcasts can be found really podbean itunes google play any podcast aggregator that you have. Uh, you can also go to the website, gamingbroadly.com, and leave a comment on the post there. Uh, it's it's pretty easy to, to find me, actually. So let me know what you enjoy watching, uh, but be chill about it. There's lots of things people could watch. Don't be chill. <laughs> Type in all caps. Don't, don't ask uh, the age, sex, location. <laughs> none of that we'll be having none of that um and that's it for tonight thank you so much for joining us and uh we'll see you again next time on gaming broadcast bye